All right. <laughs> you more. I'm ready. One more. Y'all, this week has been one of those weeks where I just felt off all week long. I felt, I think, with the hurricane. I felt like with Harvey. I felt like with just, how many know the enemy's trying his best to roar? Isn't he? Isn't he really? I mean, and then, and then poor little, little Madeline Phillips on Friday losing her life up there in ball ground. And, and then, I don't know, those that were at the concert in the park last night, you know, it's the last one of the season. And, and there was an accident with the mama and her baby and their friend. And, and, and it's just so tragic. And, and um, it's not all public information yet, so I'm not going to divulge things that have happened. But just know it's a critical situation. And, and um, we were in the right place at the right time last night in that I was able to stand there and, and just... The mayor got a hold of me and got me into with the family to be able to minister to the family. And, and, um, and I just hear the enemies roar, you know. And um, I was there with mama, the mom of the woman who had the daughter that was hit. And um, the mama just said, Pastor, they're from Port St. Lucie. And we just brought them here to get them out of the storm. We just brought them here to keep them safe. And mama's just, just devastated, you know. And... Um, I don't know about you, I just, I'm just about that tired of the enemy, I'm telling you right now, you know, just about sick and tired of the enemy, I really am, and um, I just want us to stand in prayer in behalf of these families, can we just take a moment, Jesus, right now you see the turmoil of this earth, we, 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 we Lord God, are in a world where there's struggles and striving and pain and, and fighting and death, and Lord, your word tells us that the whole earth groans for the return of you. Prince of Peace. And Jesus, we just today, we set our hearts upon you. And in intercession, we stand in the gap, believing God to just be that one that bears up the pain of these families that have faced so much. Father, we thank you for our missionaries that have weathered the storm. They've got through it, and we honor you for that. But Father, the missionaries or the people that weren't so lucky there in the islands, God, we just lift them to you. Lord God, for those that are facing the storm even right now here in our own country, God, we just ask that your hand be upon them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hi, Pastor Corey. Do not look at the man in the black. When it comes down to the next few weeks, I'm, I'm really trusting that God is going to help us take you all to another level in your, your, your walk with Jesus. And what I mean by that, another level in your responsibility. How many know it's good when your kids... Um, lean on you. Amen? It's also good when they get out the house. Right? Adelie? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, but, <laughs> but it is. It's good when they lean on you. But there's a time for development, a time for growth, a time for maturing. And, and really, the next few weeks, I'm just going to be challenging you to rise up to that place where you need to be in your faith. Uh, not, not my faith. Not the faith of your journey group leader, not the faith of your mama or your papa, you know, or your husband or your wife, but your faith. And so we're going to be looking at some things here. And, and here's the thing. There's an enemy that comes against us, that wants to stand against us, and Scripture characterizes this enemy as a lion. And, and we're going to look at that Scripture here in a second. So open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Do we love the word here at Momentum Church? Man, I like that. Yeah, we love the word. And so as you're opening your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5, we're going to read a lot of scripture today. It's going to be awesome. Um, but when it comes down to it, we're going to see here this idea of the king. And, and, and we see the lion in the natural realm as the king of the beasts, right? The king of the jungle, the king of the savannah. They are that king of the beast. And, and the reason why is because a king, if you think about it, kings are the most powerful people or rulers of a land. That's just what they are. And it seems like this king that wants to raise its ugly head up, this enemy of our heart, it, it seems as if he still thinks he's ruler of this land. He still feels as if he has control and dominion and power and authority over God's people. And we're here over the next few weeks are going to declare he does not. Amen. Amen. And so, but we see that kings are the most powerful people or rulers of the land. And, and this might be the why the lion is considered the king because he is, if you think about it, in the natural, in control of the land that he lives upon. And he's also in control of the other animals that live upon it. But I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm not an animal. <laughs> I'm a child of the living God, amen? And so are you. 
And so as God's people, there's something within us, this nature of Christ, that as we're grafted into a relationship with Jesus, that we don't have to succumb to the lie of the lion. We don't have to be under the rulership of the lie of the enemy. And today we're going to be looking at the idea of silencing the lion's roar. Let's stand to our feet as we look at God's holy word. In 1 Peter 5, verse 8, it says, be sober-minded. It's easier to be sober-minded if you're not drunk. <laughs> Doesn't say that. I'm just, I know who I'm talking to. I know my house. I'm thanking God that God is cleaning all y'all up. Praise, <laughs> praise Jesus. Amen? But it does say be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He's always looking for that one that he can overtake and to defeat. He's always looking for one to devour. And what it says here is to be sober-minded. Uh, another translation will say, be vigilant. Another will say, be on guard. Be, be aware. You're like a sentinel that is watching out. And you see the old, I would say snake in the grass, but it's a lion. You see him crouched and coming, and you don't turn your head, right? You're like, no, Sigmund, no, Freud, don't turn your head. I'm sorry, that was horrible. Some of you got that. But as you see the lion coming, you're vigilant, right? I think it's crazy that people do that, taming of the lion. They, 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 that, don't do that. Young people, not a good choice, not a good career, you know. But, but people do. And so with that, though, we're vigilant. Say vigilant. vigilant. means you're on guard. And so with that, it means our minds are ready and alert to the wiles of the enemy. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at that. Let's pray, all right? Father, right now, I just ask that you'd open our hearts to the understanding of your word and that it would take root in us and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You go ahead and have your seat. As you take your seat, I don't know about you, when it says there the idea of, 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 of being sober-minded, it tells me that this lion doesn't attack me in the physical. Now, I'm not saying that things in the mental can't get to the physical, right? You think about being angry and hitting your boss long enough, you just might hit your boss. Don't do that, okay? Always begins. It's always here. And that's why we're to be sober-minded, to be vigilant, to be aware. Because this, this idea of discouragement or a temptation or, you know, those thoughts that come to you, like, where in the world did that come from? And it just gets dropped in your mind. Can I tell you something? We believe in the devil in this church. Amen. Now, I'm not going to blame everything on Satan. I'm not, all right? But we do have to realize that the enemy of our heart is like a roaring and roaming lion, and he is seeking whom he may devour. And with it, he starts in your mind. He starts with that, you know what? They never liked me anyhow. They said, said they were my friend, but look, they're not my friend. You know, I'm all alone. And now we start to think about all that, and we get bitterness and strife and Next thing you know, you're lashing out at Sally, and she's like, I didn't know, you know. But that's how the enemy works. It, it, it's, it's like this ongoing, on repeat, over and over, and it just comes to our mind. And, you know, we have some musicians here, and how many guitarists in the room? A few, can you make some, no, kid. No, don't do that. Okay, so when it comes to guitarists, this right here is Corey Welsh's pedal board. Oh, my gosh. This pedal board is only rivaled by Jeff Noble's pedal board. Okay, I can't play electric guitar because I don't know how to mash buttons. I can play guitar, I can't mash buttons. This is, this is impressive. And, and one of the pedals that you'll see a guitarist sometimes use nowadays is this green pedal right here. And it's called a Line 6 Looper. And what it does is you can take a guitar and you can strum that guitar and you can mash the button and all of a sudden, Josh, I see you back there smiling. Josh is king at this. All right? This is, this is the Ed Sheeran of Woodstock, Georgia, Josh Federick. Woo! Give it up. If you've ever been to Mad Life, you know, you'll see Josh there. And he'll be using this machine, and, um, and he can lay down something and hit that button, and it'll start to repeat and repeat. It's on loop. It's on replay. It's on replay. It's in a loop. And that's how the enemy works with your mind. He comes and he brings a lie, and next thing you know, it's just over and over, and it's just inundating you in your head and your thoughts. And, and, and it might be a negative word. It might be a discouragement. It might be a temptation. I don't know exactly what it might be, 
but you're going through, and all of a sudden it's like, going through, and all of a sudden it's like, and this thing just hits you. And all of a sudden it's like, and you're starting to go at life again, and you feel like, I've got this conquered, I've got this, I'm staying in my head, it hits you again. You know, and, and, and today I'm not going to choke my boss, but oh, there it hits me again. And after a while, you're like, you know what, I got control of it. Maybe a week goes by and you've had control. It hits you. You might even go a few months, but next thing you know, the grip of the lie, it comes and it hits you, and you're just like, ah! There it is again. You know? And you go to family and you go to friends because maybe their faith will help you. And so you go to your family, your friends, maybe your preacher or your small group, and you're like, I need some help here. And you're like, I can't keep doing this. I'm done. I'm done. And you just, all this turmoil in your mind. And it makes me wonder and think. It makes sense. I'm trying to hear the word of God, but the cacophony of the lie of the enemy, it starts to get crazy. And it makes me realize how scripture says the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. And all I can hear is this, this roar of the lion. I'm done. And over. And there it is again. And over. And over. You find yourself at some point crying out to God. God saying, God, please silence the lion's roar. And I'm saying, God looks at you and he says, You resist the devil. You resist him in your faith. Father, the next few minutes, help us to understand what that means, what it looks like to have our faith, what it looks like to have our confidence, what it looks like not to lean in on mama's faith or daddy's faith or honey's faith or preacher's faith, but God, to have our own faith. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 That's pretty cool, huh? (laughs) That was fun. It's not as fun, though, when the devil's doing that to you. No, it's not. And that's why in this passage it says, be sober-minded, be vigilant. All those thoughts, all that stuff's coming. Let's look here. We're going to continue. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Now watch this. And after you've suffered a little while, I'm not going to tell you faith means that you won't go through some stuff. I will tell you in the next two weeks, you're going to learn that faith means you'll go through some stuff in a different way. You'll go through stuff with your head up. You'll go through some stuff in a whole different light with a whole different strength. And so it says here, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Watch verse 11. To him be the dominion. Shout dominion. Forever and ever, amen. That's a key. That word dominion is a key. Why is it a key? Because I just told you the lion, the beast of the field, the beast, the king of the beast, he has this ruling authority in the earth. And the enemy was given ruling authority in the earth. Why? Because we subjugated, we handed off that to him rather. When it came down to it, we were to be those that God blessed and we were to multiply. Shout multiply. That's fun. I got five kids. We were to multiply and we were to be fruitful, amen. And then it says this, it says that we're to be fruitful, and then it says that we are to have dominion. You know what that means? That means ruling authority. And so here we see this at the end of this, that you have this roaring lion that's trying to seek and devour, but then we see this promise that it doesn't matter what the enemy is saying and doing, we have authority in Jesus. It is his dominion that has no end. I love it. To him be the dominion for a little bit. For him be the dominion just for a few days, him to have dominion when the things are going well, no, 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 no. Him to have dominion forever and ever, amen. Of the beast, this lion in her life is trying to make laws and punish those that don't abide. He, that's what the lions do. They, 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 they're the ruling authority in the savannah, and they're laying the law down and that king loves to have that order and if you think about it in our lives there's two laws that are at play there's the law of the flesh and there's the law of the spirit and the bible says if you will pursue the lust of the flesh you're gonna have some struggles but if you'll chase after and walk after the spirit you won't fulfill the lust or the law of the flesh 
And so there's two dominions all the time at work, two dominions trying to speak into your life. We can have the dominion of God and his authority in our life, or we can allow this roaring lion, this toothless piece of stuff, we can allow him to roar loudly and cause us to get off and miss the best that God has for our lives. And so it says here in the beginning of the scripture, it says, resist him firm in your faith. What I love about that is, you don't see the word you there, it's implied. It's a strong, strong you. It, it, it says here at the end that this, this, this enemy is trying to devour, and it says, you, I'm going to say it, you resist him firm in your faith. We need to be able to understand what that looks like. What kind of faith does it take to silence the lion's roar. What's that look like? And, and here's the thing. Too often we put more confidence in what the lion is roaring about than what our God has already declared is true. You know? Our mind just gets locked into the loop. And our confidence, our belief, begins to be upon the lie. And next thing you know, we wonder why our lives begin to move into discouragement, dismay, defeat, and so on. And so today we're just looking at this idea of faith today, and I want us to get the right kind of faith. Because here's the thing, the lion will tell you that you're defeated, but God, he will tell you that you're more than a conqueror, amen? The lion will tell you that you ought to have fear in the midst of this situation, but God will come and say, I haven't given you a spirit of fear. I've given you the ability to walk in power and in love and to possess a sound mind. Jim Francis, my brother. Man, this man here, serving God, cancer hit him, and he's not accepting it. He's running full forward in victory. And I love it. Every time I talk to him, he's got victory in his mouth. The enemy lying, but that spirit of fear is not going to rest upon him. You know? He has power, love, sound mind, and he continues to hold fast to the word of the Lord. Amen? You know, it, it may be one of those things to where, you know, the enemy will lie to you and say, <clears throat> the lion will say, you're no good. You're no good. But God, he'll come in. And he'll say, you are accepted in the beloved. I love that. That's, that. I want you to get a picture of that. On the savannah, here comes the lion. And the lion's about to rip your throat out. And you just step into some metal strengthened thing, you know. You're in Jesus. He's a strong tower. And those who run in, they are saved. And so I'm accepted in the beloved. You know what? You're right. On my own out here, man, I got issues. But in here, I'm accepted in the beloved. Can I ask you something? Why do you live so much out here? Why, why, why does your faith lack the commitment and confidence in Jesus that keeps you running into the strong tower? That keeps you running into that place where those teeth might come gnashing, but there's not anything that can prevail because you're hidden in Jesus. And you're staying put. Amen. Amen. So, when it comes down to it, it really doesn't matter what God has said in his word. Woo. That's heavy. Okay, hold on. I'm not a heretic. Amen. It really doesn't matter what God has said in his word. What matters is, are you living in light of what he has said? What does that look like? What, what is your faith? Look like, because it says here, you resist him in your faith. It doesn't say here you resist him in pastor's faith. Because there's times where my faith's not that great. I'm just like everybody else. And I need to run into him. Because that's what faith really is all about. We're going to see that here in a little bit. Amen. So it doesn't matter what God has said. What matters is are we living in light of what he has said in our life. And so that's what we got to do. we we got to do this. If we're going to face the lions, listen, to face your lion, you have to embrace your faith. The Bible says in verse 9, in relationship to this devour that comes, how do we resist him? We resist him firm in your faith. So this idea of faith is really a key, all right? We have to resist the lie of the lion, but we do that by being firm in our faith, by embracing our faith. And this is where I think we miss it, okay? And the reason why is because a lot of times we've been taught, especially in Pentecostal charismatic type settings. How many know this has a Pentecostal charismatic kind of flow here, Amen. Amen? No snakes. Hallelujah. We're a Pentecostal no snake church. Hallelujah. If you get snakes, I'm running out. If you get snakes and you try to hand me a snake, I might speak in tongues. I'll be like, Kila Mosiah, pass them on by you. That's what I would say. If you, 
Because we're not doing that. We're not doing that, Mark Francis. Uh-uh. If we are, you're holding them. I'm not. <laughs> this is my snake bearer, Mark Francis. No, I'm kidding. All right, so... <laughs> You'd do that for me. I know you would. I know. So, but when it comes down to it, this thing of faith, it's not about, in our culture, sometimes it's this thing of faith. It's like, if I can just grunt enough, believe enough, ooh, just say the magic mantra, I'll get God to do whatever I want. That's not faith. That may even be on the borderline of witchcraft, possibly. Because to do something that is not in characteristic with the will of God and to put God's name on it is actually um, something that the Bible calls blasphemy. It's not good. It's not a way to get to victory, amen? So, but here's the thing. We do need faith. And we're going to talk about what that looks like. The problem is, what kind of faith? Because often the faith we hold to isn't a faith firm enough to hold us. Can I say that again? Often the faith that we hold to, it's not a faith that's strong enough to hold us. And, and as your pastor, you guys know my heart, you know? I love to bring you along slow. But I just feel like God is taking us over the next three weeks into a level of maturity and responsibility, a level of confidence, a level of commitment that we need in order to go where God's calling us to go next, amen, and to do all that God wants in your lives. And so I'm not going to slow play. Everybody say, Pastor's not going to slow play. Not, not, not this time. And so when it comes down to it, this idea of this faith that's not firm enough to hold us, I'm not talking about that, you know. Not some weak, commercialized American faith that rises and falls like our economy. No, no, no. Uh, but a commitment to Christ. That's what I'm talking about. A commitment to Christ that although you're attacked with temptation, you won't stop fighting. I'm not saying you won't have temptation. I'm saying you won't stop fighting. You won't play. You won't. Ah, it's just I'm human. It is what it is. No, no. You know, she deserved to hear that. I ran my mouth because she. No, no. A faith that goes, you know what, God, I'm committed and consistent. I'm, I'm going to stay steadfast to your word and how the characteristic of your word would play out in my life. And so, no, even though everything in my head is saying to do something all entirely different, I'm hearing the lion roar, but, but I want a faith that silences the lion's roar. Maybe, maybe although you find yourself with too little, but the kind of faith that will cause you to stay faithful. How many had to be faithful when you had too little? Can I tell you another thing that the enemy can do in our lives? Maybe the kind of faith that you'll stay faithful when you have too much. I'm being honest. Sometimes we get too much and we struggle to be faithful. Yeah, I, I remember hearing a guy <laughs> in our church in Ohio, you know, he's finally making six figures. He was hoping to make six figures his whole life. That was his whole goal. And as soon as that happened, well, I can't tithe now. That's $10,000 a year. God can fix that. But he was faithful in the little. I mean, the Bible says when you're faithful in the little, God will give you an opportunity to be faithful in much. But when the much came, then he stopped being faithful. Isn't that weird? But the devil doesn't matter how he gets you. Get you to a little too little, get you with too lot. He doesn't care. He just wants to seek whom he may devour. That's all. But here's, here's, here's how I want us to be. In Hebrews chapter 10, it just talks about faith. It says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Say confidence. Which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what he has promised. Well, wait a second. I thought I received the promise of God by speaking a word in faith, in the name of Jesus. Well, yeah, that's powerful to keep your thoughts lined up to the word of God. Yeah. But here is showing me that there's something about the will of God that as I partner and I have confidence and commitment to the will of God, that will bring reward. Well, are you talking about works? Yes. Bible says faith without works is dead. Yes, I'm not, I'm not talking about a salvation issue here. I'm saying about development, growth, walking in all that God has for you, maturing, moving forward, not being spoon-fed, but getting to some meat and holding on to it for yourself. And so here we see that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Watch verse 37. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. Speaking of Jesus, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Verse 39, but we are not of those who shrink back. I just love that. I want a t-shirt. I'm not of those who shrink back. I, I, maybe not be a, a throw and shade t-shirt. Those are really cool, right, Andy? Those are, 
I just I want to be a part of that group. I want to be a part of these people of faith that are not like those who shrink back. And if that means that there is people who don't shrink back, then that means that there's people who do. That means there's a demarcation. There's a line. I want to be on this side of the line. I want to be over here, radical, on fire. God, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. Wherever you tell me to go, I'm going to go. If you say start it, I'm starting it. If you say stop it, I'm stopping it. I will struggle sometimes to stop things. Am I alone in that? I'm still fighting, but I'm not quitting. Come on, somebody. I'm just being honest. I'm still, I'm still fighting, but I'm not quitting. I'm sorry. I'm not, you know. But man, I struggle. I struggle. I struggle. I struggle. But I want to be part of those who don't shrink back. And are destroyed, but those who have faith and persevere or preserve their souls. So we are not those who shrink back. I want to have that kind of faith that silences the lion's roar. And so why, why faith? It says here in 1 Peter 5, 9, we resist him firm in our faith or in your faith. So what is that faith? What is faith? Faith in what? Faith in just speaking the word? Sometimes there's movements that just that's where their faith lies. Speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word. And it breaks my heart sometimes. I can remember being with a lady who was struggling with cancer, and it was almost like she had no release and no peace because I just had to keep my word right, had to keep my confession right, had to keep my word right, had to keep my confession right. And I just broke, I was like, no, God loves you. He's a rewarder. That's not exactly what faith is. I'm not saying it's wrong to keep your life in line with the word of God. No, we'll talk about that. But this woman, it wasn't a release. It was a burden. Faith should, if you get to a point where faith is a burden, you're not moving in faith, you're moving in presumption. If faith is a burden, that's not faith. Faith is a release. Amen? God, you got this. Everybody say that. Say, God, you got this. The enemy might roar, but God, you got this. The enemy might lie, but God, you got this. That's, that's faith. That's the kind of faith I want, God. I want to be firm in that kind of faith. Now, I'm not saying my confession won't follow that. We'll talk about that in a second. But I want to be firm in that. So it's not faith in what. Check it. It's faith in whom. Did you catch that? It's not faith in, in what. Who is the word of life? Jesus. So the idea of claiming and speaking the word of life, the word of truth, I get that. But I don't want to get idolatrous. To where I put that above the person of Jesus. And yes, he's consistent with his word. But my faith isn't in that. My faith is in the one who spoke the word. And when he speaks things, guess what happens? The lights come on. When he speaks things like earth and trees and birds and stuff gets created. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And those things that are dead have to live. We serve a speaking God. Amen? And I don't care how loud the roar of the lion might get, Jesus is still saying, peace be still to the storm. Oh, the storm. Have you heard this hurricane? The videos? It's like, it's like a, it's loud, but Jesus still says peace in the midst of the storm. Amen? So here's the thing about this. In Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever should draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so this idea of faith, without, faith, without just being able to speak the word, no, without Jesus, without having a connection and a relationship with Jesus and living out what Jesus is telling you, it's impossible to please God. I want to walk in step with what Jesus is doing then, right? It's silly to try to walk in, it's silly to try to speak the word of faith out of your mouth and not walk in step with Jesus. Again, presumptuous. Amen? So, check this. It says here, for whoever shall draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Believing that he exists. When you read that, because in our culture, we're thinking, okay, so if you want to receive from God, you can't be an atheist. You got to believe he exists. That's not what the scripture is saying, though. Why? Because that culture, there were no atheists. Everybody believed in something. They were polytheistic. They believed in everything, right? So that wasn't the issue. When they're saying here that you got to believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder, you can't separate those two. Because for them, gods were not rewarders. For them, gods were capricious, malevolent be beings and deities that you had to appease. But not our God. 
Not Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Not Jehovah Nisi, our banner that's over us. Not Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Not Jehovah Rofika, our healer. Not Jehovah, oh, I love that stuff. Shema, the Lord that is here. Amen. Was that tongues? No, it's just a bunch of the Hebrew names of Jesus. Amen. Our God is what? A rewarder. A rewarder of those who speak words but have no life action to back up the words? No, because faith without works is dead. No, a rewarder of those who diligently, ready for relationship? For those who diligently seek him. That's the key. It's not confidence in speaking a word. It's confidence in your relationship with Jesus, which will cause you to speak words. Because when I have a relationship with somebody, I want to start talking like them. I had a fight for years not to say guarantee. Because my daddy says, guarantee, I guarantee you this. And there's some things I say that sound rednecky, but I don't want to say guarantee. You know? <laughs> but when I'm lining up with my daddy, it just comes out. His words just come out. Amen? And so when you line up with Jesus, you just can't help it, but you start sounding like Jesus. Talking like him, walking like him. He may even say, come step out on the water. Next thing you know, you're walking on the water. Hmm. And so this idea of faith, what is it then? It's... It's a confidence and a commitment to Jesus. That's what it is. And listen, without it, it's impossible to please God. So faith is a confidence and a commitment to Jesus that pleases the Father. And that no matter what hell you're going through, that confidence and commitment in Him, not in you. Because we struggle. And we even see here, it's okay, there's all these struggles they face, but there's this abiding faith, this by faith, this, this living by something that's not your own, that is all linked up to confidence and commitment to Jesus. And see that confidence and commitment, it bears out by how we respond to the word of God. So faith isn't magic. Faith is the byproduct of confidence in Jesus, who is our hope. And so, yeah, so we will speak the word. We will walk after the word. We will live the word. We will declare the word. Pastor Jim, man, he declares the word. That's awesome. But he declares the word not as a mantra. He declares the word because he has a relationship with the Messiah that owns that word. So he can be that one that seeks after God, believing that he is not malevolent or capricious, but benevolent. There's people in this room today, you still think God's against you. You know, when Jesus has parties, he invites the worst. He invites Rob. <laughs> That's my buddy. I love Rob. Boom. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I just keep bragging on Rob. because Rob died like three weeks ago. I mean, literally about a month and a half ago, he got saved, so he really died and came to Jesus. But about three weeks ago, I had a seizure at work, and he was turning purple. And a woman who never comes there, her husband always goes to do the shopping. Her, she was there, just happened to be there, just happened to be there. And she's a woman of faith, and Rob turns not blue, purple. People, you know, Jesus loves people, red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight. Purple? No. <laughs> that man is dying. I'm sorry, that's, a, that's an old Mitch um, um, Hedberg um, bit. That's funny right there. So, all right, but <laughs> when it comes down to it, he's purple. She comes in, she lays hands on him in the name of Jesus, and he's not purple anymore. His face is as pink as a baby's butt. <laughs> praise the Lord, amen. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, I just, whew, praise the Lord. So that's a woman who has this connection and relationship with Jesus that in the moment, Jesus says, do this. So, okay, I'm doing this. You know, it's not magic. It's just an outcropping of a relationship. Wouldn't it be awesome to have that kind, of, that kind of faith? Like I said, not that weak, Americanized, commercialized faith that rises and falls. No, no, no. That kind of just, Jesus, you're good. I know you're good. You're a rewarder. And I'm seeking after you. And so in this moment, this is what you need. Let's go, Jesus. Come on. Whatever you need me to do. You know? So faith is that commitment and confidence in Jesus, and it pleases the Father. And so we see this faith in Hebrews chapter 11 start to play out. Watch this, Hebrews 11, verse 7 through 10. By faith, this kind of commitment, this kind of confidence in what God is saying, by faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, do you see that? God was Lord to him. God wasn't a thing that was an accessory that you put your nice little watch on on Sunday, and like now I've got this connection with God, you know, and then, and then it's Monday, and I'm going to set this over here, and I'm going to do whatever I feel like. No, no. God was Lord to Noah. Catch that? So when the Lord says something, what you do? You do it. 
Well, my daddy, growing up, said, do this. Yes, sir. Quick. <laughs> yes, sir. He was, he was, he actually made me call him Lord Rick. No, he didn't. <laughs> Dad would have got kicked out of that. But no, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events, in a reverent fear, reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Commitment and consistency. He had that confidence in God. God told him to do something. He stepped out on it. Isn't that awesome? Didn't shirk back. He was not one of those who shirks back or shrinks back. It says here, by faith, Abraham obeyed. And when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. You keep seeing this inheritance. Why? Because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It, it just goes hand in hand. So this inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has, has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Jump down to verse 29. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. God said to Moses, go tell them, let my people go. And guess what Moses did? Yes, sir. But I have struggles. Yes, you do. I'll give you some help, but go. Yes, sir. And he went. There was a commitment and a confidence, not in himself, but in God. And in responding to that, reward came, and it was the setting free of a whole, whole I want, to, I want to say a whole nation, I guess is the best way to say it. By faith, verse 30, the walls, we just sung about this. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. Why? Because God told Joshua, tell everybody, go walking around this wall one time every day, keep your mouth shut, walk around the wall, and they did, okay? And then next thing you know, uh, on the seventh day, walk around it seven times at the end, blow the trumpet, the shofar, blow that thing, and shout, and the Lord's going to give you the city. And guess what? No, God, we need guns. They didn't have guns. We need slings and swords and need trust and confidence. bobs. And God's like, no, no, no. You just need trust and confidence and commitment to what I just told you to do. And they blew the trumpet and they sounded their voices. And guess what happened? The walls came down. Amen? Just gets so good. I love it. Watch this, 32 through 38. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets. Go look up their stories. It's amazing. Who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. These are people just like you. Actually, the scripture tells us in Hebrews, mixed in here, these are people that didn't even have the promise that you have. Because they were looking for the promise of Jesus to come. But you're walking with the promise of Jesus. Just grab his hand and go take a few steps on the water. That's all I'm saying. You know? Who knows what God might do in your life this week, you know? And so then it says this. <clears throat> They quenched the power of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. They were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war. This isn't all good stuff. you got to get hurt to be in a war. I mean, it's, even those, have you ever been in a fight? I got that age where I just hated fighting because it hurt. Even when you won, it hurt. You know what I'm saying? Men in the house, you guys remember that. It hurt, all right? And so, man, war, it's not, I'm not saying this is easy. They put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release. Why? Because they weren't going to give up the name of Jesus. So they might, again, have a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn in two, killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted. They tried to get themselves to the house of God on time for church on Sunday, about once a month. Hallelujah. You see the difference here? These guys, these guys are fierce. Why can't we be just as fierce? We can be. What? When the lion roars, man, we can live with a faith that silences the lion's roar. We can be just as fierce. Amen? We can be those who don't shrink back. Of whom the world was not worthy, it says. Wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Man, that blows. Mm, that's good stuff. I love that. So there was this confidence 
in Jesus, not in just what Jesus says, but a confidence in Jesus. Then when you're speaking the word that he says, it helps us to believe that. It helps us to hold on fast to that. It helps us keep us in step with Jesus. But our focus isn't on the words. It's on the word. It's on Jesus. And I don't know what you are going through right now. I don't know what you might be facing. But I want you to watch here in a second a video of a young cancer. And, and it didn't face cancer. It was tongue cancer and neck cancer. And, and it didn't stop him from doing what God had called him to do. I want you to watch this. And I want you to think and allow God to raise up in you that kind of faith, that kind of commitment, that kind of confidence in the God that you serve. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. He has given me a new song to sing. Amen. I believe that God can give you a new song for a new season. And this next song that we're about to sing is a song I wrote just over a year ago. And when I wrote it, I didn't know who it was for. And then I got diagnosed with cancer. And the cancer began to leak a chemical in my body to the point that I, my body began to shut down and I looked like a plague victim and I was in a wheelchair and they told me, you might not walk again. After many painful surgeries, the cancer came back. I had to do more surgeries, chemotherapy, radiation. And they told me, you might not sing again. You might not even speak again. But I'm here today, I'm standing, I'm walking, I'm jumping. Praise the Lord. And now I get to sing and speak about the goodness of God. And as we sing this, this song, I, I pray, it, it became my anthem, it became my song. I pray it, it might bless you in whatever season you're going through, that no matter what walls or mountains you face, God is greater and he is good. Amen.
I don't know what it might be in your heart. The enemy tries to lie to you. But listen how this finishes out. Verse 10, 1 Peter 5. And after you've suffered a little while, after I've had to listen to the enemy speak his lies, that roar from the enemy, after that little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you to him be the dominion forever and ever amen to him be ruling authority so right now you may be here this morning when it comes down to it that idea of restoration God it seems like everything is broken and there's no hope and the enemy says your marriage will never be fixed your health will never be turned around but here it says after you've suffered a while that's a God he's a God who will come and he will restore you. Amen. You'll never amount to anything. That lie of the enemy from the time you're a little one. That's something I fight with all the freaking time. Felt it my whole life. And my whole life has just been a whole life of going, yes, I will. But this week I don't feel like it. But I'm going to still do it. But why? Because after you've suffered a while, he will confirm you. Amen. Confirmation. You don't need man's approval. You need man's conf God's confirmation. And we see it here. 
That idea of your feet feeling as if you're on sandy soil and you take two steps and you feel like you're just sinking deeper and you can't, no, 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 here he says that after a while he will establish you, amen? You can put your hope in a Jesus like that. You can put your confidence and commitment in a Jesus like that. And then finally it says here that he, for those who are weak, he will strengthen you. And so if you're here this morning and all you can think of is, I got to get out of this place because I need to get that next nip. I got to huff that next pipe. I got to, I got to, I got to get, I, no, no, no. You can be strong in him. After you've struggled, he's going to come and bring his strength. Amen? Amen. Before we go any further, we're going to pray for all those kind of things right here. But before we go any further, there may be somebody today going, man, I need a relationship with a Jesus like that. How many here, you're excited that you have a relationship with a Jesus like that? Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this morning, you may have walked up in here and thought, what in the world? You know? But you can leave change. You can leave with Jesus, not something you feel out here, but on the inside. And if that's you, I'm not going to have you come forward. But, man, I, I, these guys boldly are celebrating their salvation. I was like, amen, amen, amen. Can we pray together and say, Jesus, come into our lives. You are my Lord. I will follow you. I will learn to put my confidence in you. I will learn to walk in commitment to you. Jesus, you are my Lord and my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.